Hey everybody, I'm Jason, your host of Let Freedom Reign, an equine industry leading podcast that talks to folks from all different walks of life who share their testimony of adversities and perseverance and how the horse has helped them through their journey. Stay tuned. We're going to have a great time. Come along for the ride. Welcome everybody to another episode here at Let Freedom Reign podcast. This week, we were paid a return visit from Dana Lovell. She was previously featured in episode 18 and revisits us here with our life enrichment topic series titled A Little More Rain. Dana has recently had some experiences around the topic of shaming as it relates to the horse world. In this episode, we peel back the layers of the how-tos and what-nots, and more importantly, how to grow should you've experienced shaming on any level in life and your journey with horses. Now, should you find the content of this episode valuable, please share it with a friend. Additionally, your five-star ratings and reviews on the podcast platform of your choice would mean the world to us. You can find us on both Facebook and Instagram under Let Freedom Rain Podcast. We hate to keep you all waiting any longer. Here is our A Little More Rain episode with Dana Lovell. To uh, be continue to do what I love for a living and been traveling more and, and doing horsemanship clinics and gatherings. Um, of various subjects and helping horses and owners connect and communicate more clearly. And here at home, we're, you know, getting ready for winter and got the hay put up and the water heaters dug out and uh, getting our new baby donkey settled in. Super important. <laughs> you got to have your priorities, right? Right. Yeah, that's my, definitely my daughter would, would agree that that would be number one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Understandable. Very understandable. Good stuff. So obviously in your original episode, uh, we went through your testimony and your story and your journey. And I'll tell you one of the greatest takeaways that I have instilled in my life from that episode is the conversation that we had about, you know, responding and not reacting when, when you get mm. worked up, you know, and I uh, cannot thank you enough for that because I've used it several times over since we uh, originally spoke on the matter. And uh, here we are with this life enrichment series, and we are going to discuss the idea of shaming or the topic of shaming um, as it relates to the horse industry and some of your experiences. So I am going to open up the floor and let you introduce the topic, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Sounds great. Thank you. So I, I had, I've had this on my mind, the, the topic of shame in relation to the horse world. Uh as I've experienced it myself on my own horsemanship journey, and then as my profession is to help others uh, grow and learn uh, and communicate, I've uh, seen a lot of it happening uh, when I talk with people and they share their stories. And then we have the whole aspect of social media and the internet and how that just is a whole other avenue um, for miscommunication and judgment and shame. And I, And it really hit me about a year ago, uh, how much that can affect people um, in general. And then in the horse world, you know, it's our goal. We're trying to help people be safe and successful and feel good about what they do uh, with their horse and, and learn and be open-minded. And there's a lot of conversations and judgment that happens that does the quite opposite of that. And the experience of shame uh, can often elicit a feeling of being unworthy bad or wrong. And, and, and sometimes that inspires change, uh, but more often than not, it can be paralyzing. Yeah, and absolutely. you have somebody who, who wants to learn or who wants to expand or gain or grow, 
but because of shame or judgment they've experienced or they've witnessed, um, they don't, they don't uh, seek out or ask or they feel hesitant to, to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's uh, quite the challenge because I've dealt with it internally, right, in my own journey, like you, you have described in yours, that there's so much to this horse world when you really, really get down to the brass tacks of it. And I think, generally speaking, people get uh, get caught up with this whole keeping up with the Joneses mentality, right? That, you know, I got to get so many likes on social media or so many follows or this person's posting this video or every video that they post is this perfect demonstration of horsemanship. But the honest reality of it is, is that social media couldn't be further from the truth. And the lion's share of people are unwilling to document, especially by way of video and photo, you know, their struggles and in, in their journey. And for me, the perspective is, is swung incredibly when I stopped focusing on the goal and started focusing on the process, right? And instead of yeah. striving for perfection, I strive for progress. And uh, in doing that, you st- start to learn forgiveness for yourself, right? And forgiveness and for me personally being so hard on myself and expecting perfection and not being so understanding of, hey, things take time and you're going to screw things up and you're not going to be successful and you're not going to do it right. But every time you fail, you're one step closer to success, you know? And when you experience that shame personally, I think you're a lot more empathetic and and helping the next person to avoid such such feeling if that any of that makes sense right no it makes total sense well and when you and i think everybody has experienced shame but when you're when you're really willing to to look at it um and to recognize that you're it is and recognize that you're feeling that way and why you feel that way uh you know my personal journey too i experienced a handful of years ago trainers that i had put on a pedestal uh judged me and shamed me for quote-unquote the silly things I did talking about, you know, some of the positive reinforcement training I did with my horses or using the pedestal or slowing things down. And I, I kind of hit it. I kind of sucked it up and I stopped using it. And I used other methods that really didn't resonate with me truly, but I felt like I had to do them because that was mm-hmm. what you did. Mm-hmm. That was the cool thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I see that with, with my clientele as well, that, they feel like that's what they're supposed to do or what you're, you know, you should do because this person or that has. And if you don't do it that way, then you're wrong. Yeah. It's tough. And I think, I think a lot of what the show let freedom reign podcast, right? Those series. And then especially this life enrichment series, uh, it's trying to mitigate a lot of that, that shaming, you know, I, I try to help people understand, like you have to live your life. You have to run your own race. Don't get distracted by all the outside influence and the the man in the arena quote i mean i have it hanging next to my desk and i look at it every single day you know unless you've put boots on the ground and lived the exact experience that any individuals lived are you in any place to be a critic of that or of them in my opinion no right Heck no right and you can have you know i have strong feelings about certain things uh and i've tried to remind my own self and others that you can have strong feelings and maybe you don't agree, but even so you still can't judge. You don't know. You're mm-hmm. right. Until you've been in those, those shoes, you just don't, you can't fully grasp. Mm-hmm. You can try to understand and educate yourself and ask questions, but it's, it's really hard to, to take on. Mm-hmm. 
So for you and your journey with shaming uh, and your experiences with it, what are some of the things that you did to kind of start the recovery or turn the tide on it to where it wasn't such a controlling factor in your life or your thought process? Uh, so the monumental moment for me was actually, it wasn't 2020, it was, ni- it was 2019. I had an opportunity to present or just do some demos at the Idaho Horse Expo. Uh, I, I didn't receive any compensation, compensation. I was offered a booth there. And I, and I went there and I, to be honest, was scared and I was terrified of being in front of people and mic'd up and yeah. people were specifically coming to see what I did and what my words were. And I promised myself the night before the first day that I was going to do me and that uh, I, I was going to throw it out there. And I really didn't have anything to lose. I mean, really, truly, uh, you know, there wasn't any financial strings attached to that in itself. So I went and I did me. And it, the, the response was amazing and uplifting. And I had something, you know, the way I delivered it and shared what I felt and saw when I worked with horses and what they offered me. And in turn, what I promised I would offer them. And the just people came and they shared, you know, how it resonated with them and how it changed their perspective and how it was refreshing. And that was a big moment for me and to let things go. And a big realization I had that within my own judgment of others, it was coming from a place of insecurity mm-hmm. and uncertainty about myself. And that was a big pill to swallow for me uh, when, and that was preventing me from doing me and living in my truth was actually the insecurity. And then in the side effect of that was the judgment of others. And so I, I've learned to recognize how shame affects the person and the shamer from both perspectives. I've, I've been the shamer. I've been the person who was like, oh my gosh, did you see their saddle pad? What a piece of, or, you know, oh my gosh, their bits on upside down and backwards. They know nothing. What the, but then I've also been the person on the receiving end of that as well. Mm -hmm. And I think being aware and recognizing both perspectives really helps to move forward. And then that opportunity to just be me, um, kind of broke broke it all three yeah and it's uh i had a great conversation with preston martineau a while back he's been a guest on the show several times with uh let freedom rain podcast and uh these a little more rain series and he talked about right the that collectively if this industry could and i think we do inherently a good job of it but if we could do more of helping and coaching and do it from a place of genuine care and not just showing how showing off how much you know you know i think it would alleviate a lot of it because in, in my opinion, it's easy to sit back and criticize, right? It's easy to sit up in the stands at the horse expo and criticize you down in the arena who's fumbling over your words or couldn't quite articulate something or couldn't quite get the horse to do whatever the demonstration entailed, right? That's easy to do while I sit there with my popcorn and soda or whatever uh, with no goals, no ambitions, just being a spectator versus being the individual in the arena, having to think on your feet, having to present, having to get your animal to connect to you amid all of your own internal emotions going on, you know, uh, and it circles back to the man in the arena quote, I guess, literally in this aspect, but <laughs> yes. it takes a big person to, to try to 
genuinely help and genuinely care and genuinely have the well-being in the interest of others um, as a priority in their in their forethought. Right, and and having the sincerity and having it sincerely delivered from yeah from a place exactly. of care, you know, care, yeah, and and helping somebody and educating. And then I had somebody, you know, when I posted about it, I had somebody bring up, well, some people are just sensitive and get butt hurt, you know, and, and they're just, people nowadays are just too sensitive anyways. Well, and that might happen, you know, if you share something or you try to genuinely support someone, they might not receive it well. Uh, and that's okay. Cause that's where they're at in their journey. But at least, you know, you know that you help to educate or support them. And, you know, and as long as, you know, you can hope that the horse isn't suffering because of their inability to listen or hear. Um, but to just be aware of how how it's delivered and where it's coming from. And I think it, the the unintended benefit is you as the individual have a higher level of awareness. Because if you think about working with horses, right, and, and that excuse of some people just get butt hurt, right, or they're overly sensitive. Well, there's horses that are far more sensitive than others. We don't, yes. we don't criticize and throw those horses away. What do we do? We find a way to communicate effectively. And, and we deploy it. Um, but for whatever reason, we, the human being, lose that disconnect or lose that connection when, we, when we're dealing with another human being. We just think it's everybody else's problem or everybody else's fault. And this is one of those things that you definitely have to take ownership of as an individual uh, to not only be that person shaming others, but be more aware that, hey, maybe I am a little sensitive or maybe I do need to toughen up or maybe I didn't perceive that message how it was supposed to be sent. You know, it's, it's, right. it's a tough, there's a lot of dynamic going on. There's a lot of elements to this, this shaming, shaming topic. There is, it's overwhelming. It is. Um, and no many I've been chewing on it and, and learning more about it as I go through myself and working with others over the last handful of years. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's mm-hmm. quite a bit. And yeah. I think that it's, you know, being in, the projection of, and I, what I have found and something that I really hit me too is not too long ago on Facebook, there was a post about, uh, wearing halters underneath a bridle. Okay. And, uh, again, I've been on both sides of that. I've been judged. And and then, you know, I saw a trainer that I looked up to, he posted it on Facebook and, uh, and poked fun at this particular picture of someone. And, and it was somebody I'm sure nobody really specifically knew. They found it on, on social media somewhere and then encouraged other people to make fun of it. And then yeah, this post continued bad. to be shared and people, and it snowballed and that the whole other aspect of that is the wanting to be liked and part of something. So you go along with the masses. Yeah. Uh, and that, that in itself is a whole nother topic. But just the amount of negative energy that went into that one silly little thing and then wondered how many people even on the sidelines silently, you know, were shamed because of that. And of course, we can't control everything. And there's always going to be some of that somewhere at some point. Uh, But to have people that are closely followed by a large group and respected and, and an influencer to encourage others to just tear this person down in this photo. Uh, that just, I guess it really struck a chord with me. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's quite the challenge because there's enough negativity in this world, right? And we don't need to exacerbate the issue any way, shape or form. Is life always going to be easy? Absolutely not. Should everybody get along? Not going to happen. Not going to happen. 
but to to project negativity, to project criticism from a place of malice is just, in my opinion, it's completely unreasonable. Uh, why, if if you, the individual sinning shame, are so much of an expert and know everything about whatever the given topic is that you're about to criticize or offer your opinion on, why don't you lend that helping hand? You know, maybe the question is more rhetorical in nature, but why don't you lend the helping hand? Why don't you help encourage right. and raise and develop that pupil or whatever mentor mentee uh, to be a better person, to be a better horseman, to be a better father, mother, sister, brother, whatever it might, you know, the topic is. Right. And it's a phrase that I've held on to is uh, don't hate, educate. Yeah. Like if you've got a strong feeling about something, share instead of putting all that energy into saying why it's wrong, share why you have your opinion about it. Yeah. This is, this is how I do it. And this is why I do it. Yeah. It, and if others are open to it or they're like, huh, that's a good point. Uh, you can avoid that shutting down potentially. But it also introduced the topic of the lost art of dialogue. Like we can have a conversation and we could actually disagree, voice both of our opinions and we can disagree and we could walk away friends. You know, a lot of people think, well, if you don't think like me or you don't act like me or you don't live in my social circle or my economic circle, then you're an enemy or you're inferior. It's just, it's silly on so many levels. So much. And ain't that the main true right now in this world yeah. and all the different things that are going on and we're facing uh, as a society. That's, that's the truth. And it's, I found with working with horses, kind of circling back to working with the horses and, and being open to clear communication, not just being heard, but listening. Yeah. That's and huge. Slowing down and, and being able to, to communicate effectively, but then also be willing to slow down and, and listen and observe and ask questions to your horse. And how are you feeling? What do you need? Um, am I asking too much of you? And that, that too has been something along this journey that has come up for me recently is really hearing the horse and, and being able to listen and being okay with what they tell you back and not taking it personally. It's a That's challenge, you know, because there's a lot that goes on to – there's a lot that goes on in communication with horses and, and every day I strive to get a little better and, and listen more attentively. Uh, but for, for an individual wanting to develop that ability to listen to the horse, do you have kind of a way you've gone about it in developing your own ability to listen or maybe an educational resource or something along those lines to help, help somebody listening to this episode right now? You know, I want to be able to communicate more effectively with my horse. Where do I go? What do I do? What, what advice would you give them? <laughs> you know, somebody, and I know you've chatted with him, uh, the person who, has helped me uh, come out of my shell as well in regards to uh, thinking outside the box and, and being judged and shamed is Warwick Schiller. Oh man. And incredible. Incredible. And, yeah. And he, it was one of his, uh, he shared, you know, a story about meeting a mare that when he would approach would pin her ears mm -hmm. and then, and then he'd step back and, you know, and he shared how he asked everybody, you know, who here thinks I'm teaching her that when she pins her ears, I leave. And then he goes on to explain, you know, what he was doing and why he was doing it and, and listening to the horse and letting the horse be heard. And that really hit me because uh, all the, the horse just when they're in a herd, an actual herd, they are heard. Yes. They hear each other yes. and they acknowledge 
um, what is said and they adjust accordingly. And that has been a big resource for me and I share with others to, you know, enhancing, enhancing the horsemanship journey. Um, I always turn people in that direction. There's a lot that Warwick has has offered the horse industry and, and will always offer the horse industry. His episodes, I think historically, I'd have to look at the hard numbers, but uh, definitely one of the more popular episodes that, that we've published in our shows. And there's just so much depth and thought given to all that he does. Um, he now has his own podcast uh, that I love listening to because it's just week after week after week, you know, that in-depth thought and he comes from so many different life experiences that help shape his horsemanship. It's just, it's incredible to see, like, I asked myself, okay, well, what is Warwick going to do next? I mean, he's been all over the world and he's talked to all these different experts in so many different given fields of life, not just horsemanship, but in life in general. And uh, he's taken those experiences and put together a, a highly effective way of communicating and working with horses. And and what's great is how he shared he has shared everything and, and yeah. the good the the good the great the bad and the ugly and how he he'll admit you know so many years or you know ago he would have looked at what he's talking about now and, and been like what yeah. <laughs> he's gone down this, this rabbit hole of and that and for me has been inspiring and to see him do him you know and and help he has helped me to also learn how to. Uh, to disregard judgment, uh, or maybe that's not the right word, but to um, let it be that it's okay. And I think with judgment, you have to look at the source, right? If if you have somebody who has a genuine care, a genuine interest in you, who is a true leader in your life, and they're offering some sort of criticism or judgment, if it's constructive, absolutely, you better be cognizant or aware of it, you know? But if there's just one of these quote-unquote keyboard cowboys out there just slinging mud, and there's no validity, no basis, no credibility to any of it. Who cares what they say, really? Right. And it, who cares? It, and that's easier said than done, I know. Yeah. But it, it is a good mantra, for sure. Yeah. And and realizing that, and the person doing the judgment, so I, I try to remind people, it is a snippet in time. Even, even if, let's say, it's in person. You're at a horse show. Mm-hmm. You don't know that person's history you don't know how far they've come or what they started with or what they know or don't know or what they're trying to achieve you know maybe the fact that they're even there is is monumental Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and trying to keep that in perspective too and again back to like just the access we have with electronics and social media that is snippet in time videos are just you know parts of the big picture photos are just a second a moment in time, oh, yeah. that's for darn sure. Yeah. So what I want to talk about in in this whole topic and idea of shaming is, and we talked about it many times on the show, is a broad, broad topic, right? You can have an education, you can have an understanding, but if there's no action, right, no change is ever going to take place. So for you, what has been the action that you have implemented into your programs with your clients and your horses to to mitigate some of this shaming issue or maybe even help people overcome previous damages from shaming? So I have been, you know, people come to me to, to work with their horse and learn. And I usually start by, you know, learning a little more about their horsemanship history, what they've done, what their goals are. And something I've really 
have supported and have told people is I give them, first of all, I always give them permission to screw up. Let's just put it out there that it is okay to screw up and it doesn't happen until you do it. Yeah. And sharing that horses are incredibly forgiving. They're the most tolerant, adaptable animals out there and it's going to be okay. And I would rather see somebody try and not do it perfect than do nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And then be open-minded to learning and, and being, you know, giving themselves permission to reflect, to do it wrong, to reflect, um, and, and then to change. And also giving people permission to, if something isn't working, if you're doing it over and over and over again, just because you saw a clinician do it or you gained this tool at a clinic or you watched a YouTube video, uh, if it's not working, don't keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, yes, reflect. Have you given it a good go? Have you been consistent? Have you been reliable with your horse? You know, if you felt like you really have applied it and it's not, nothing's changed, it's okay to ask yourself, um, you know, can I do it differently? Or how should I do it differently? Or how am I not communicating clearly with my horse? Because I find that, you know, we, we want to do well we, and we go to these big name trainers and we watch these videos or read these articles and we take a tool and we run with it. And so I have, when I work with people, I try to help them understand that it's okay to ask questions. It's okay. You have every right, you know, you want to do what's right for your horse. You want to be a better horseman or horsewoman. Uh, Give them permission to screw up and to ask questions and to forgive themselves. It's true. So much, so much of working with a horse I found uh, as of recent, like sometimes we get so hung up on teaching the horse what's right that we lose sight of another effective tactic is teaching the horse what's not right. You know, you take yeah. the, take the example of raiding cattle, right? You want that horse to be in a sweet spot. Well, if you nitpick that horse till he's in a sweet spot, he might not understand as well as if you let him wander off. And then guide him back into where he needs to be. Or he cuts in behind a cow and you guide him back into where he needs to be, right? Uh, sometimes sometimes working on the peripheral message helps clarify the focus message or the goal message rather than just harping the goal message and, and almost making it a frustrating experience. Right. Creating those back, back to that, you know, it's about the process, yeah, not the goal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And about understanding that the process is going to take time and commitment. Yeah. And that there will be up and downs and that and that we can be and I like to share with people, you can be just as comfortable in the chaos and when it's not going right and accepting it and being open to it as you can when things are going right. Yeah. I and like if that we can lot. start to be if we can be conscious in that change, um, and work towards because you know, we're animals of habit and our habits uh, you know, become they affect our horses habits. And so if we become aware of consciously changing our habits physically and then mentally how we think uh, and trying to remember it's okay when things don't look good. We're in a society where things need to be successful constantly or look good or feel good. And if we can help ourselves to understand that it's, you can feel good when it doesn't look good, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Understanding what the realities are, right? Yeah, it's the reality of the, it's, yeah, it's real life. And that's what I've really tried to bring to my program is I tell people, uh, I'm not here to change what you do. Uh, I'm not here to tell you that you're, you're doing everything wrong. Uh, my goal when I work with people is to help them enhance what they're already doing. Yeah. 
to help plant seeds to make shifts and we can work together and I'll support them through it. And at the same time, I learned as well through all this, but that, you know, I'm not, when I do clinics or groups or lessons, I'm not here to rock your world and tell you that it's all wrong and you need to do it the way I do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That I have found that that type of mentality is, it might be successful in the moment, but it isn't long term. Yeah. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I agree with that. Good stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, with these a little more rain episodes, we try to keep it to a half an hour. Um, I love the idea of overcoming shaming and supporting and developing that network, right? And and we ain't talking about everything being hugs and puppy dogs and rainbows, right? Life is going to get down and dirty sometimes, and it is challenging. And there are going to be ups and downs, but Uh, doing the best that we can to help encourage others, help develop others. Uh, I thank you again for coming on the show to learn more about Dana. Her original episode aired, I believe it was episode 18. You can go back to that at Let Freedom Reign podcast. And uh, Dana, as always, we are grateful for the time that you set aside for us. Hopefully we go less time than 18 months before we talk talk (laughs) again. Um, we always love to have you on and we always love to share with you. You have so much to offer, not only this show, but the horse community as a whole. Um, but before we go, can you please share where people can get in touch with you, where they can follow you, where they can engage you on a deeper level other than this episode here? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, at Running Tea Horsemanship, Dana Lovell. Um, and you can, I have a business page and a personal page. And I'm still, and I think I might have even shared this 18 months ago, working on my website. (laughs) (laughs) Things take time, right? (laughs) It it takes time. It's this winter that is my end goal. Uh, And that will be live and and the link will be uh, associated with my Running Key Horsemanship Dana Lovell Facebook page. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Dana, again, we cannot thank you enough. And we are looking forward to talking to you sooner than later. All right. Well, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for riding along with another episode of Let Freedom Reign podcast and being part of our freedom family. If you want to provide greater support of this show, visit patreon.com forward slash Let Freedom Reign podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Let Freedom Reign podcast. And Reign is spelled R-E-I-N. There you can provide a donation and it costs less than the fancy cup of coffee you're probably holding to help us produce free weekly content. For collaborations, to book us as a guest for your next event, or to make guest recommendations, email us at info.lfrpodcast at gmail.com. For the most up-to-date information on Let Freedom Reign, visit our Facebook and Instagram page at Let Freedom Reign Podcast. Additionally, you can find us on Twitter at Let Freedom Reign underscore. We cannot thank you enough for being our most loyal listeners, and we'll see you on the next one.